The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, April 1st. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my returning guest, Dr. Sean K. Centers. Dr. Centers is the medical director of the Osteopathic Center for Children in San Diego, California. He is a pediatrician and internationally known expert on osteopathic pediatrics, nutrition, and natural medicines as they apply to children. Dr. Centers worked for over 20 years alongside Dr. Viola Fryman, an original student of William G. Sutherland, the founder of cranial osteopathy. We started this discussion last week on Tuesday, March 25th, and I encourage listeners to please refer to the archives for that program. We're talking about cranial osteopathy, and today we'll also be talking about essential oils with Dr. Centers. And Dr. Centers, I believe that you're also a master herbalist? I am, yes. Thank you. Well, well. Welcome to the show. You're welcome. Let's pick up today, please. Uh, we were talking about cranial osteopathy. We were talking about structure and function. And can you remind our listeners what this has to do with autism and how this relates to detoxification? That's where we left off. Sure. Cranial osteopathy is a special form of osteopathy where we address dysfunctions within the head and therefore the brain itself, the neurological system. The central nervous system governs every function in the body, including your consciousness, your awareness, your ability to communicate. And as a result, this um, is an important area in osteopathy. As we had uh, discussed last week, the fascia is a type of connective tissue that really invests or surrounds or connects every part of the body to every other part of the body. And sometimes if there is significant trauma, this fascia can be twisted. It can have strains within it. It can uh, have dysfunctions in the way it functions structurally. So within autism, for example, we know that many, many autistic children have histories of birth trauma. In fact, um, as I mentioned uh, last last week, there are several studies which suggest that the only common denominator in autism uh, that scientists have been really able to identify is a significant history of birth trauma. Now, the 
birth trauma itself may not be the only cause of autism, but it certainly is a contributing factor, and it's something that we as osteopaths, particularly cranial osteopaths, can treat. And um, when we do treatment uh, of the, the head and the cranial bones, we oftentimes see very remarkable improvements. Now, I know that uh, cranial osteopathy is different from chiropractic and it's also different from craniosacral therapy, but I've heard it said before in chiropractic that um, something to do with birthing trauma can be a predisposing factor, like a setup for uh, a further injury like vaccine injury. Is that true? I, I think that that is true. Um, interestingly enough, when I've looked on the chiropractic uh, websites or information, frequently they cite research done uh, not just in the osteopathic profession, but actually done at the Osteopathic Center for Children by Dr. Uh, Viola Freiman. So I, I think that the chiropractors are well aware of uh, birth trauma being related to symptoms of autism. What is the difference between cranial osteopathy and craniosacral therapy? Cranial osteopathy is a form of medicine um, that originated uh, in the 1920s to 40s. Cranial sacral therapy is a technique that was initially uh, developed by cranial osteopath John Upledger, who uh, interestingly was a professor at the school, that, the medical school that I, I attended. Um, he had initially developed um, cranial sacral therapy as a way for parents to continue treatment in between treatments with osteopaths, uh, particularly himself. He was at Michigan State University, um, and they were seeing many patients from across the country. And as a result, um, they were coming from far away, and there weren't at the time a lot of cranial osteopaths who were able to follow up with treatment, so he actually developed a, a protocol that he called the ten step protocol, uh, which is another ten step protocol is, is another um, kind of um, uh, there's another type of ten step protocol that's used by medical stu- osteopathic medical students to to diagnose the body. So he kind of uh, uh, borrowed that idea and he simply um, put together some. Um, uh, techniques from the field of cranial osteopathy, put them into 10 steps. He put them, uh, he designed them in such a way that basically you didn't need to diagnose the patient uh, to do the 10 steps. You simply needed to do certain, uh, certain um, uh, manipulative procedures. However, um, the problem with that is that um, it lacks the diagnosis and treatment of the whole body. So um, a cranial sacral therapist might uh, uh, do some good, uh, but they may not be able to really diagnose the underlying problem. All right. And um, we, 
you know, alluded earlier to birthing trauma as being a setup at, for further injury. Many, many people feel that um, children have toxicity related to vaccines, um, which can be given shortly after birth. So how does cranial osteopathy and uh, taking care of the fascia, which you said in the brain is called dura, how does this relate to detoxification? How do all of these pieces fit together? Well, when we look at children with autism specifically, we see something that's very um, unique to autistic children. And that is many of them sustain uh, an injury to the occipital atlantal area. In uh, medicine, uh, it's called OA area. That occipital atlantal area contains a hole uh, or a space called the jugular foramen. And the jugular foramen contains three nerves, cranial nerve 9, 10, and 11. And cranial nerve 10 is of particular importance. It's called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve really dominates the parasympathetic reaction within the body. The parasympathetic function of the body has a lot to do with digestion. And when this nerve is irritated, it produces various um, abnormal uh, conditions within the child. Initially, this may be noted uh, simply as uh, persistent uh, spitting up or vomiting. However, as this condition goes forward, you see widespread effects throughout the body, and one of those effects is that the digestion uh, and elimination of the child is altered. In effect, the intestinal system uh, becomes damaged and susceptible to many um, different organisms, including um, gram-negative bacteria, which we would call bad bacteria. It's oftentimes associated with clostridia, which is a specific type of gram-negative bacteria. And then secondly, there oftentimes is an overgrowth of candida. Um, candida albicans is a common uh, yeast that should be in most children's intestines because it helps to uh, assimilate and uh, digest sugars and alcohols. However, if it's allowed to overgrow, it can produce uh, far-reaching effects, uh, including uh, producing neurotoxins, which uh, interfere with thought and communication and uh, many other uh, effects, which I'm sure you have talked about on this program in the past. So in, in essence, we think that this osteopathic trauma uh, leads to uh, gut or intestinal dysbiosis, meaning the gut is not functioning properly. And then this makes... Um, the child much more susceptible to other um, uh, outside uh, toxins, uh, which uh, would include vaccines and heavy metals and uh, many, many other things that, that would eventually lead to symptoms 
that we would just simply call autism. Okay. So I had asked you about the relationship of birth trauma and vaccine injury from toxins in vaccines given soon after birth. And to reiterate, you described to me um, irritation uh, or the cranial nerve 10 being perturbed, the vagus nerve, from which you can see things like persistent spitting up when the vagus nerve is irritated. Um, it generates a parasympathetic response. You said that digestion and elimination are altered. The intestinal system is damaged. Bad bacteria, gram-negative bacteria such as clostridia, proliferates. Candida, albicans, uh, proliferates to an unhealthful level, and this gives off neurotoxins, which affect communication and other things such as we see um, as being symptomatic in autism. So what you're saying, Dr. Centers, is that the osteopathic trauma causes intestinal dysbiosis, making the child more susceptible to injury from vaccines. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and as I said, it's not just the vaccines. It could be other toxins that the, the child is exposed to, and it may result in, you know, difficulties in eliminating those or detoxifying those toxins in the body. Very good. Point well taken. All right. We're going to take a brief break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You can visit Dr. Sean K. Center's website at www.drshawn.org or uh, visit the center at www.osteopathiccenter.org. We thank this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism and their fast-forward technology. You can visit them during the break at www.brainprolearning.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Holy hormones, honey. Every week, this groundbreaking radio show brings you insight about hormone fluctuations, addressing the core biological issues that cause mood disorders, and offers a general support center for women everywhere at any stage in their lives. Host Leslie Carol Botha has the passion and drive to help you make informed decisions about your well-being and reclaim your life. Holy Hormones, Honey, sponsored by True Hope Incorporated, the leaders in brain health, is broadcast live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you are a parent who is dealing with a child who has issues related to a congenital heart defect, be sure to tune in every week to Heart to Heart with Anna. Anna Jaworski, who serves as your host, has a child who was born with a complex congenital heart defect, and she and her guests will help you discover resources and receive encouragement as you learn how to become an informed advocate in the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna is heard live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. 
Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Dr. Sean K. Centers, the medical director of the Osteopathic Center for Children in San Diego, California. He's a pediatrician, internationally known expert on osteopathic pediatrics, nutrition and natural medicines, and he's also a master herbalist. We will be talking about essential oils in a little while, but Dr. Centers, first, how does an osteopathic evaluation and treatment of a child with autism begin? Well, typically, one, we take a very detailed history to look for clues that would help us to understand the structure of the child's life. Um, secondly, we take it, we do a very, very thorough physical exam, very similar to what a medical doctor would do. But then there is a, a, also a very extensive musculoskeletal evaluation to look for those strains and those uh, uh, tensions within the body. And when we find those, we can help better um, uh, provide a treatment plan for the child, and uh, that may include osteopathic treatment or uh, medicines or herbal medicines or supplements, etc. Now, seizure disorder. Many children with autism uh, have seizure disorder. And what is this a manifestation of, and um, is it the cranial osteopathy that is able to help it? Is it the essential oils that's able to help it? And you also um, talk about abdominal epilepsy, and you're one of the only people I've heard talk about it. Well, it's interesting. Uh, It's not so much that I talk about abdominal epilepsy, it's it's that um, Andrew Taylor Still, the founder of osteopathy, really identified um, ab- the abdomen playing a key part in, uh, in epilepsy. So that really comes from our osteopathic heritage. And we have found through clinical examination that that, in fact, is, is, is the case. And as you know, as, as we had mentioned before, the abdominal epilepsy or epilepsy itself is related to dysfunctions in the vagus nerve. And uh, even modern uh, medicine would acknowledge that, and uh, that's why some people use this uh, vagal nerve stimulator However, uh, that particular device, uh, I think, is, is very primitive at, at this point and uh, has a lot more side effects than cranial osteopathy. Now, let's talk about um, the essential oils. So how, in your office, how would you be helping someone who had autism, who had seizures, would you be helping them more with cranial osteopathy, more with essential oils? Tell us about the balances here. Well, essential oils are a part of herbology, um, and therefore I'm an herbalist. So essential oils are one of the many tools that we might use. And uh, we do use frequently essential oils actually in, in the office um, for particular patients. So we might choose an oil um, 
for a particular patient. It's in the case of autism, it can be a very helpful thing because it's something that we don't have to give them by mouth. It's something we can place on their body uh, without a lot of trauma. Uh, of course, it's very important to discern and uh, evaluate which oil is going to be um, uh, important for this particular child. Um, if you place the wrong oil on the child on an autistic child, because many autistic child children have hypersensitivity, including a hypersensitivity to smell, uh, you may get a reaction that you you do not want. So um, it's careful to understand how essential oils work, and then based on that understanding, it's important to pick the right oil for the right child. Well, I don't, you know, I know you've had, um, you had a remarkable story about a child who used rose oil, but you also had a story uh, about a child who had a reaction, but it wasn't because of essential oils, it was because of adulterants in a suboptimal uh, brand of essential oils. Can, so can you tell listeners about both of those stories? Well, sure. You know, it, it, it's, it, it, you know, it, when I, when we talk about adulterants in essential oils, what we're talking about is impurities. And in, a fa- in fact, those uh, oils that have adulterants are not really essential oils. They are some kind of you know, byproduct of, of essential oils mixed with chemicals. And so I wouldn't even consider those to be an essential oil. However, you have to be very, very careful because m- many of the oils on the market um, are not really essential oils. They are uh, mimickers of essential oil. So if you, for example, uh, consider uh, lavender, uh, lavandula agristifolia, there's actually more lavender produced by the Procter & Gamble company than there are lavender uh, plants on the planet. So... You know, how can that be? Well, the only way that that can be is that the Procter and Gamble and the other companies that produce uh, so-called essential oils are actually uh, filling, uh, filling those oils with adulterants or chemical lookalikes. So if you look on the oil and the oil says don't ingest, then that's a really good sign that there's a chemical in that oil. However, there's more than just the adulterants or contaminants in the oils. There's also um, the quality and how the oils are produced. So you, you must look for a, a producer that produces very high-quality therapeutic or medical-grade essential oils. All right. And now can you tell us the story about uh, the boy who had a wonderful reaction to the rose essential oil? You know, with listeners keeping in mind that the rose matched his energy, it may not be the right one for your child. Right. Um, This child uh, actually wasn't my patient. Uh, It was a a patient, a a partner of mine, and uh, the partner was, was not... Uh, in the office that day, it was a, it was a Saturday, and um, I saw this child. The child came in with a cold and cough symptoms, according to the parents. And we had at that time, this was about fifteen or twenty years ago, we had been experimenting with essential oils 
we had a um, a, a medical student uh, and volunteer at the time who was very interested in oils, and, and she had a whole case, and she would volunteer on Saturdays, and so she would bring her case of essential oils, and we would just uh, let the children choose which oils they liked. And so this child came in, and we were showing the child the oils, and we said, you know, choose an oil that you think uh, you like. And, and, of course, the child pulled out of the of a case, which had about 150 oils, oils in the case, uh, rose. And uh, rose oil is a very expensive oil it's, uh, for a little uh, one ounce uh, or less than an ounce of oil, it's, it's several hundred dollars. So uh, it was interesting that he picked that that particular oil out as it was the most expensive one. He placed it on his hands and um, he rubbed it into his body and, and he said to his, his mother, I really like this oil. This is, this is the best oil I've ever smelled. And so I didn't really think much about it, but the parents looked at me like... You know, I had uh, uh, potatoes growing out of my eyes or something. They they looked uh, totally uh, shocked by the whole event. And so I, um, I knew that uh, I would probably get a call from my partner uh, the next Monday morning wondering what, uh, what I had done with this child. And so, um, so sure enough, uh, the patient's left, and uh, Monday morning I got a call actually from the office, and the office um, had relayed me the message that the parents had called, and they needed to speak to me urgently. So they, I called the parents, and I spoke with the mother, and she, her question was, you know, what was this, this stuff, this oil that you put on my child? And I said it was rose, rose oil. And she said, well, how does this work? And she had all these, like, multiple questions. And since I was just kind of experimenting with the oils at the time, I didn't have most of the answers. But I told her I would find out and call her back. And um, I, um, before, before I uh, uh, left her, I, I asked her, why is it that you're so interested in this oil? And, and what was it that... Uh, that you really, you know, wanted to call about. Why do you want to know these answers? And she told me, well, before my son had come in to see you that Saturday, he had not spoken a word in over four years. And this child was about seven at the time. Wow, that is just really wonderful and remarkable. It's lovely to hear stories like that. And we are going to talk more about essential oils and how they work when we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Dr. Sean K. Centers. Thank you to this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism and their Fast Forward Technology at brainprolearning.com. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Dr. Sean K. Centers, who is the medical director of the Osteopathic Center for Children in San Diego, California. Dr. Centers is a pediatrician and internationally known expert on osteopathic pediatrics. He is also a master herbalist, and we've been talking about essential oils. And in the last segment, Dr. Centers, you left off with talking about a wonderful story of how rose essential oil had helped a boy who hadn't spoken in years um, to speak. So how is it that essential oils work? Is this related to energy in the body? Well, that, you know, it, it's a good, good question. The, the, the essential oils themselves are derived from plants, uh, primarily from herbal plants, uh, plants that have medicinal properties. And I, I don't think that we totally understand how they work. And certainly when I apply that oil or, or help that child choose the, the rose oil, I really had no idea um, of how they work. And so immediately I went to the Internet. This was back in 99, 2000, 2000, 2001. And there really was nothing on the Internet about essential oils. Today there's thousands and thousands of pages. But uh, as a result of that, I began calling people who were supposed authorities on essential oils. And uh, eventually I um, um, talked to the president of the company, that we had gotten the essential oil from, and he gave a very uh, um, uh, excellent uh, uh, explanation of, of what was going on in his mind, at least uh, as to how the essential oils work. He related to me that the essential oils are have an energetic essence, uh, an energy signature. And if that energy signature matches the energy signature of the patient, 
and frequently there's a therapeutic response or result uh, that uh, can, can occur or will occur. So when we look at patients and children who have some issue in their life, according um, to this train of thought, there is a, a fracture or a, a damage to the energy signature of the body. So if you want to think about that as an aura, as an energy that surrounds the body, uh, some people have cracks in that energy field. And um, as he related to me, uh, it seems that certain oils will fill those cracks, will um, fill in the missing areas of the energy signature, and therefore you see a therapeutic result. And therefore, as well, you will need to find the particular oil that matches the, the energy field damage for the particular individual. So therefore, there's not going to be, uh, a, a, for example, if we gave rose oil to every child that doesn't speak, it's not that most of those children will start speaking. It is that we picked that particular oil for that particular child that resonated with that child. Right. And um, I will just tell listeners that I'm going to ask Dr. Sanders a question, but before I do, you should always check uh, with your treating physician or your child, your loved one's treating physician who follows them regularly and um, before starting or changing any biomedical regimen. So check with the provider who knows your child best, who follows them regularly, who performs objective laboratory testing. Dr. Centers, I've heard that frankincense opens up the blood vessels in the brain and that that can be good for seizures, just like, just like a drop on the tongue. Um, is, is there validity to that? Well, we, we know that frankincense increases blood oxygenation to the brain. Um, that's, those studies have been around for quite some time, uh, many of them done um, in the United States and uh, many others done in other countries, especially Egypt. There's a lot of um, uh, studies that have gone on at the University of Cairo, um, frankincense. Uh, is, is a part of Egyptian history, so uh, they have reasons to look into these um, essential oils. And in one study uh, done by Dr. Farag at the University of Cairo, they found that simply inhaling the essential oil of frankincense increased blood oxygenation by as much as 30%. So um, we also know that there are certain components of frankincense that seem to um, increase brain function. And not all um, varieties uh, or uh, not all uh, uh, frankincense essential oils would have that particular uh, component, for example. So it's really, particularly with frankincense, it's very important uh, in how the frankincense is synthesized or uh, uh, how the frankincense is made. Yeah. You were talking about, like, energy signatures and how it matches the individual's body, and so I'm guessing that we don't want to pick up, you know, frankincense at uh, 
at the Wally Mart or something because we don't want to try to match the chemical signature of petroleum products or something in adulterated products. So, uh, right. how... it's, not, it's not just the, it's not just that, but it's actually the the type of frankincense. For example, uh, there are uh, several different um, varieties or strains of frankincense. Uh, the, the frankincense has a has a Latin name called boxwallia, and boxwallia sacra is. Uh, thought to be one of the most uh, potent uh, brain-enhancing essential oils. All right. I've heard that essential oils have even helped with coma. Yes, that is true. There are uh, uh, reports uh, of... uh, We know that smell is a very powerful um, influence upon the body. And certainly if you go to any uh, uh, rehabilitation hospital where patients are in coma or semi-comatose states, uh, you will see uh, the uh, uh, medical doctors using uh, uh, smells to try to stimulate the, the person's body. But obviously if the smell is a chemical or an adulterant, um, the effects are going to be less. However, frankincense... Um, Purified frankincense has shown very good results in in coma and semi-coma patients. And also detoxification. Which essential oils can be helpful in detoxification, or does it vary based upon the individual or the toxicant involved? Well, one of the the oils that uh, we have found very useful in detoxification is helichrysum, celery seed oil, um, these oils are very uh, beneficial in helping to remove uh, particularly heavy metals. Um, we use a, a, a commercial product from um, the Young Living Essential Oil Company called Juba Cleanse, and we've had very good results with that when we uh, have patients with very high heavy metals. One of the one of the things that we um, we have noticed is that when you attempt to remove heavy metals from the body, whether that's with uh, DMSA, which is a, a chelating agent or drug, or DMPS, many times if the levels are significantly high, you get uh, very significant side effects. And we have noted, though, with the essential oils, you have little or no side effects. Wow, that is very nice. And can you use objective laboratory testing to measure detoxification? Well, yes, you can, and, and, and we do. And when we've compared it to DMSA uh, chelation or DMPS, we've seen very similar, uh, if not uh, better, results. And the uh, the article I believe that we wrote for Autism One on essential oils, uh, you will see uh, uh, some of those laboratory tests that we have done. Excellent, and, uh, and anyway. I think in that particular article we talked about, we gave a case of, of a child who could not take DMSA, who had just severe reactions with DMSA, and came to us, and we were able to. 
um, chelate these heavy metals without the child having a lot of side effects. Right, more gently. Yes, more gently. And again, if listeners would like to contact Dr. Centers, you can go to www.osteopathiccenter.org or www.drshawn.org. We're going to take a break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism, brainprolearning.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you or someone you love struggle with Alzheimer's disease or some other disorder? Many times, there is not an adequate support forum where you can learn from and discuss topics from top guest experts. Tune in to NeuroMatters, The Brink of Alzheimer's with Dr. Sam Brinkman. Although thought of as a disease that affects only older individuals, increasingly, symptoms are being found in people who are in their 40s and 50s. Get the answers. NeuroMatters airs live Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your health is your greatest gift. So what decisions are you making to support your health and well-being today? Your overall state of health is a reflection of the habits you create in your daily life. Do you know what it takes to live a truly preventative lifestyle? Listen for Reclaim Your Health with host Dr. Maggie Luther. We'll show you how to add health into your life every day to prevent chronic disease. What's more, we'll help you optimize your health and live a more fulfilled life. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And we are back with Dr. Sean K. Centers, the medical director of the Osteopathic Center for Children in San Diego. And let's do a brief review, Dr. Centers. Um, how does the body, especially in the case of autism, attempt to adapt to and compensate for stressors? How does this relate to how disease occurs, underlying pathologies in autism, and how does cranial osteopathy help? Well, this is, that's a really complicated question. We would probably need another couple of hours to really go into the, the full understanding of it. Um, but in summary, in the case of autism, we really feel that from clinical experience and from the research that's been done at the Osteopathic Center, that there is a very uh, distinct vagus nerve impingement or dysfunction that occurs. This occurs because of compression to the vagus nerve that happens during birth. The connective tissue and the muscles around that nerve become tight and the nerve starts sending out abnormal uh, aberrant uh, physiological impulses which eventually lead to the total, in my opinion, disruption or dysbiosis of the gastrointestinal system. 
this affects the immune system. This affects different body processes. It eventually leads to accumulation of neurotoxins produced not only by the body itself, but from uh, what's called exotoxins. We talked a little bit about how vaccines and um, metals, heavy metals, uh, may contribute to symptoms that we see in autism. But there, as I said, there are many other uh, components that could contribute to that. For example, um, we know that these uh, these things, these chemicals that mimic estrogens, for example, are oftentimes involved. And we think that this uh, this uh, exogenous estrogen stimulation by things like PCBs um, and other uh, toxic chemicals in the environment. Um, result in not just symptoms of autism, but are involved also in symptoms of seizure disorder. In herbology, there's a tincture, uh, a, a group of herbs that we commonly use that can be helpful uh, in eliminating seizures. They contain black cohosh, blue cohosh, skullcap, and vervain. And those, that combination is very effective. But for many years, we really didn't, as herbologists, we really didn't understand why that might be effective in both autism and in, um, in children with seizures. However, as we, those black cohosh and blue cohosh, you'll, many people are probably familiar with, as they're also herbs used um, in uh, midwifery. Uh, they modify estrogen. So um, today, when we look at this perspective of estrogenic stimulation uh, in children with autism, we know that this uh, is related to uh, how these herbs work. They are actually uh, uh, nullifying some of the effects of these estrogen stimulators or, or disruptors uh, uh, that are in the environment. So there are many, many, many aspects to this initial trauma that um, you see in children that eventually develop autism. Wow, that's some pretty cool information. And uh, if listeners would like more information uh, from Dr. Centers, you can visit the websites that we mentioned earlier, like osteopathiccenter.org or drshawn.org. Org, or you can call the office at 619-583-7611 and speak to medical assistant Christina. Dr. Centers will also be speaking at the Autism One 2014 conference on the topics of cranial osteopathy as well as being on the essential oils panel, and maybe we'll get some herbs in there too, some information about uh, herbal formulations. Dr. Centers, thank you for joining us these last two Weeks and listeners can listen to the archive uh, on March 25th and then again on uh, the April 1st archive. But thank you for joining us and, and sharing these more gentle and enlightened approaches to treating children. Thank you. Thank you. Again, the Autism One 2014 conference is in May, May 21st through 25th in Chicago, and we've just 
gotten the schedule page up this morning. It is in progress, but um, the interactive schedule page. So you can look at that schedule, which we'll be developing uh, on the web in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours at www.autism1autism.org. Next week, Dr. Brian Hooker will be interviewing Congressman Bill Posey on the need for openness and transparency within the CDC on issues of vaccine safety. So I know that's a show that our listeners won't want to miss. Thank you to this program's sponsor, Scientific Learning's Brain Pro Autism and their fast-forward technology. You can visit them at www.brainprolearning.com. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.